entrancing. What's entrancing is your believing it's about you. That throws you into a swoon. The mind goes right into a swoon when the thoughts are held as if they're about me. You're just gaga over them. You're just like totally interested. Someone else will present their thoughts to you and you've got, they have no effect on you. You have total immunity to Ben's problems. But the same thoughts held as mine can drive me fucking crazy. Why is that? Is it the thought that drives you crazy? Let's be honest, it isn't the thought. It's your interest in the thought that's driving you crazy. It's your attention in that thought. And why is your attention constantly drawn to it? Because there's a belief that it's about you. So we're attempting to go, instead of here on a consequential level, like uh, living in the hallway of shitting fans, you know, and trying to figure out how can I turn a couple of fans off and get some of that shit removed so it stops hitting me as I'm traveling through these hallways of shitting fans, we're just going, we're leaving the consequential, let's say, uh, funhouse, and we're going to the blueprint room, how it was made, yes? And then seeing, oh, if you hear this and it resonates for you, there's an opening that maybe something that was unconscious to you will become conscious. You'll see the construction of the mental interpretation of life based on self. You'll see it. It's made up. Once your mind starts waking up to it, it entertains, hey, I'm not, maybe, just maybe, I'm not about all that. That may not be about me. I may not possibly be a body. Once it starts entertaining that, and it gets some glimmers of evidence, its, it's attention, its absorption in all of that gets relieved, and its attention goes somewhere else. Yeah. It travels different places now. It rests in its own source, in my hit on it, and yet there's tons of attention to deal with whatever arises. But there's not that mental absorption in the thought realm that presents life as you all freaking day. You leave that point of theater, at least your attention and interest does, and that's basically what you are here, is your interest and attention. That gets pulled away, and it gets dispersed and distributed by some other conductor or choreographer, but not, the, the, not that idea of being a self. That gets fired in a way. It's relieved of its little wand, you know, the orchestra wand. It's relieved of all of its music. And it's, it's, it's you know, sit down, it's taken, give me the wand, and you're, you're not the director anymore. It's not any anger or nothing, it's just a dismissal. Your attention and interest leave that little black hole of selfing, and it, it, it comes back into the light, so to speak. sense, 
my condition as what that is, is not determined by the condition of the appearances that I was presented as you. Simple as that. That's the solution to me. If it was based on what I did or didn't do, then it would also be based on what I did or didn't do now, which isn't peace to me. It's got to be something that's not based on any appearances, little activities. Yes? How could reality be based on an appearances activity? <laughs> you, got the, you put the horse before the cart. The cart is reality. Yes? Whatever goes the other way. But an appearance has no effect on what's real. It only has an effect on what isn't real. So here we're in a world of appearances, and each other, we can affect each other as an appearance. But what I am isn't affected by whatever you've done or not done, nor whatever this has done or not done. That's the solution. My, my open to that isn't based on this. If it was, it would be infrequent, and it would be an experience, and it would be something that comes and goes, and it would always, always, always be determined on this that's playing God. So God would be a smaller God than this God, and this God would tell me when I was having an experience of that God. That isn't it. Not an experience. It influences experiences, but it's not an experience. Yeah? It's more of like, let's say if every day went by, and every day was counted by, let's say, how many apples appeared in it. So Monday, 20 apples. Tuesday, 30 apples. Wednesday, 15 apples. Now Thursday, 50 apples. So your life would be a, like a counting. Yeah? You would see certain experiences, and you'd count up, and you'd have an accountant, and you'd add up, how am I doing? I have a lot of apples. But every day was what you would call the context of the day. Yeah? Not what was happening in the day. Not how many apples were there or not were there, but the day, the context. Yeah? So the mind in this conditionality is more driven by content. It's, a, it's identified as a content, yeah? the body, and therefore it's very concerned about other content, all the while missing out of the context. Yes? But the mind that's absorbed in the content is of context. Yes? It is of context. It is not of, like Jesus says, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. So, let's say you seem to be in this place of appearances, but you're not of an appearance. Yes? So, let's say you're in the world of content, but you're not of that world of content. That's the way, that's the traveling lighter. Is you're in the world of content, Paul's action doing blah, 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 but now the mind has woken up and has left the determination of this as itself, and now is more absorbed in the context of a day than the content of the day. Yeah? The content comes and goes, and there it goes. You, you enjoy it or not enjoy it when it's arisen, but it's going. Yes? To base my life on something that comes and goes is insanity to me. But what's always so is available all the while the coming and going is happening in it. Your attention just leaves this tunnel vision and goes like that. Yeah. By what? By questioning, maybe I'm not that so interested in this. Yeah. If I'm not that, that's so interested in this, maybe the lens will just go like that. 
So there's nothing as this, as an appearance that I need to do that's going to give me that thing that can only be no thing. It must be nothing that I need here, not another something. Because one something begets another something, begets another something, and every something, there's be, in between the somethings, there's the absence of something. So you get the something, and let's say you feel better, but then the absence of something, or the effects of that something, appear also, and another mental state of flat or missing what I felt like when I had that something. So it goes from something, absence of something, another something, absence of something. It's that dualistic experience, yeah? But in mind, there's a freedom from that. Because the solution is nothing. And because it's not a something, it's not appearing, there's not the non-appearance of it, yeah? Nothing isn't, it has not suddenly appeared as a something to you, which is going to cause it to be an absence of something, and then a something, an absence of something. That's how it breaks down here. But nothing's not playing that game. So in nothing, you get freedom from the something. Oh, I'm feeling so much better since I've been doing that. And then the other mental states are not feeling as good because I couldn't do my meditation today, or I missed my Pilates class, or the teacher's away, or I didn't have money to go on the retreat. Yeah? So the something begets the absence of something. Then you need more something, absence of something, more something. Nothing doesn't do that. Nothing is nothing. Yeah? Bing! So the head is freed now from looking in the world of appearances to get something that will give you as an appearance an advantage, which always begets the possibility of a disadvantage when you lose it. Yeah? All of that is smitten in this. I mean, it's just done. Smoted, whatever. You lose interest in it. And then, days come and days go like they do. Tons of events and uh, the events. But you have a sense of more like, I don't know what you'd say, holistic or whatever. You feel more contextual. It's not even a feeling. It's just a sense. The mind is just expanded, yes, into another size. Instead of this putting itself into the, into the uh, shoebox of self, it's removed. It's like, you know, a huge foot in a size nine. It's very irritable, restless, and discontent. Now the foot comes out, doesn't need any shoes. Yeah? And you'll know it by its fruits. You'll feel relieved of what was driving you fucking crazy. Constant need to get something with the hopes that it's going to put you over the top, that you're going to arrive, and now everything is going to be static and stable. I'm just going to have a peaceful experience every day. You will not, as a you, ever have just a peaceful experience every day. It doesn't work that way. This place goes either or, yes or no. This, the coin of this realm is two-sided. You cannot, no matter how many times you cut it, it doesn't mean it becomes a one-sided coin. It's two-sided. All experiences are Desirable and undesirable. But this isn't based on an experience, and it's not a state. If I was drawn up, if the last time I was at this, we did a retreat, like a four-day retreat. So it was cooking pretty good in Toronto, really good. And there sublime experiences at the end. So there I was doing the talk, and at the end, everyone, for some reason or another, 
the combination or everything got really juicy there. And then in my head, saw the opening just to go and have this joyful celestial realm thing. And yet I had a major pull just to stay here. This is perfectly okay. <laughs> I didn't need an experience. That's the real freedom. <laughs> if I sucked up there, it was so nice, I just stayed right where I was. And someone called me one time and said, well, if you're in the depths of the ocean, don't you want to explore the depths of the ocean of consciousness? Well, this is the exploration of it, just as it is right now. This is as deep as it gets. Ha! It's not an experience. Experience is minuscule event that's determined by so many rules, especially the primary rule, it arises and departs. Would your attention, wouldn't you would like my, your attention to rest in what's always so? Instead of being in the marketplace of what comes and goes, with the hopes of getting some lasting effect from what's nature is to come and go? You just shot, you're like, it's like going to a library looking for a chainsaw. You're shopping at the wrong place. Yeah? If you want something lasting, it can't be in the experiential realm. No experience lasts. Yes? They all have duration and time. They're determined by time. And they're usually going to end. Yeah? But this is not about experiences. It's not about shopping for a better experience. Yeah? Though shopping as this may still occur... But the mind is not engaged in that hunt. Yeah? The hunt continues because of the conditionality of this, but it's not engaged in the hunt. Yeah? Because it knows, it sees the fool's gold of an experience now. It recognizes it. There's something that never came here, therefore we don't notice it, and it's never going to go, therefore we don't miss it. We're totally... At, at a loss of what's always happening. We're wet as hell, so to speak, and yet we believe we're dry. We've been immersed at all times with no break forever in the oceanness of this consciousness, and therefore we don't know we're conscious. Because we don't have an experience of it. When we have an experience of it, then we go, oh, I'm conscious but only to feel unconscious sooner or later, because it's an experience. This is past that. It's not an experience of being conscious, though they happen a lot here. And it's not an experience of being unconscious, and they'll happen a lot here, and people will probably point it out to you. Hey, Paul, you, you know, you're fucking an asshole that day, whatever. That happens here in this place of action world. But what's always so isn't determined by the experiences that come and go here. And definitely not determined by the mind that believes it's the you who's having the experiences. Yeah? What we really are is all experiences. The same I that's sitting there, that's seeing me as a you, yeah, is the same I that's sitting here seeing John as a you. And Ray, I see Ray as a you, and Ray as I sees me as a you. And Ben as the I sees me as the you, and me as an I see Michael as the you. So now there's six or seven U's here, sorry, or maybe I should say there's 88 U's here. <laughs> Express some kind of success. 
There's 88 U's here, but if you really look at it, there's only one I. Now, when the act of the eye seeing is reacted to by the mental process, it says, oh, that's me. Yeah, doesn't it? So when the eye is recognized as the seer, the mental process says, oh, that's me. And me is just another form of you. Yeah? It's a you as a body, but I'm calling that you me. Yeah? But all the while, the same eye is looking out of every one of our heads. No matter how many U's there have been, and let's say there's two billion U's, but there's only one eye. If you ask who's, who's, seeing, who's having an experience or meeting all these other U's, two billions of them, they'll be the answer me. But that me is the mental interpretation of I. Every I and only one eye, and actually no eye, is what's seen. Hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. The mental process says it's you, or me, that's seeing. That me is cast as a you, a body. And so now, there's billions of you seeing, but no, there's only one eye seeing. Yeah? Only one eye. Seeing millions of views, but only one eye seeing the millions of views. No matter what you is, is emphasized, it's the eye that's seeing out of that you. Yeah? Two billion yous, one eye. That's what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. One eye is experiencing everything here. The mental interpretation of that is there's two, bil there's two billion yous experiencing everything. And so thoughts are seen as private, reactions to life are seen as private, feelings are seen as private, and then the sense of being terminally unique or an individual entity becomes paramount in the mental interpretation. But the pure functioning that's going on here is I is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, and seeing thoughts. No matter what your mind calls it, Larie or John or this or that, it's I, I, that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. So every experience, every event, as Buddha said, every deed that's done, every event, but there's no individual doer thereof. There's no Lurie, there's no John, there's no Ray, there's I. Yeah? One. One consciousness. Experience billions of yous and others. But every experience is only had by one eye. Yeah. Isn't that a great relief? I would imagine it would be good news. All the meaning your mind's putting on you, what you've missed and haven't missed and should have done and shouldn't have done, in the biggest scheme of things, has no relevance whatsoever. There's only been one eye experiencing everything here. It's the experiencer, it's what's experienced, and it's the act of experiencing. There is no experiencer, there's no nothing that's experienced, all it is is the act of experiencing going on. And something is being and living. And do you call it you or me? 
but that's the mistake of mine. It's I. You call it you or me, and that's the mistake. It's I. So everyone yeah, is no one. Or all one. Yeah? So everyone can be seen as no one or all one. But to see it as you and you alone is pure ignorance of mind. And of course, ignorance would beget probably a lot of suffering here. Because when you're in a dark room, when there's no light, when the room is filled with the absence of light, that room will produce problems for you and me. Especially if you believe you're in it. If you're not familiar with this place, you won't know where the bathroom is. You won't know where all the chairs are set up. So when you have to do something, which you have to do as a self, you know, the doer, you know, when you have to do something, you may run into people. You may cause resentment. You may cause harm. You may have people yell at you. You may have to go to the bathroom and yet not know where the bathroom is and piss in your pants. A lot of different things can occur. So what happens here? Some people will start selling you maps where the bathroom is based on their recollection. They don't have any true evidence where it is because they can't see. But they say, oh, I once saw it, and if you make the left and the right, you'll get there sooner or later, but get up, hurry up, it may take you some time. So then you buy the maps with the hopes that they'll lead you to the bathroom, or you may get knee pads, so when you hit the chair, it won't hurt as much. Yet, instead of just recognizing, where's the light switch, and turn on the light switch, as soon as the light appears, all the darkness disappears. It's just the absence of light. Yeah, It's an illusion. And in that, all the problems that were based on the darkness disappear. So people are looking for thousands of ways to get relief of living in the darkness as an individual entity. And they all have their value in the darkness. And some are more skillful means than others. But I would just like to put on the light. And maybe what would happen is if the light came on, your need for all these solutions would diminish and you'd really get the freedom that you hoped the solution would bring from not needing it. Your attention and your interest in the cycle of problem-solution, problem-solution would be withdrawn and you would be laying or staying or traveling in a more consistent quote-unquote state. Because not because you found something, but that you found that there's no need to be the one that needs something. Yes? Once you don't need something, it's better than finding something that will, that will sort of relieve you of that thing. It's much better not to have any need for anything. Yes? That's what I liked about this message. I didn't want to go any more retreats. I didn't want to have to go travel and sit for 13 hours a day to produce a mental state. This was higher. First of all, because it didn't last. Yeah. It just seemed like a bad deal. 13 hours a day for 10 days, 14 days, to get a, an experience of heightened awareness. Fuck, who cares? Sooner or later, I'd have an experience of unheightened awareness. And then the same motivation would arise. I need something, and so then I do a, a month retreat. And on and on it goes. Constantly wanting something. This was more about to stop me in my tracks. It was like the last answer. 
maybe I'm not that which really needs a lot of stuff. You know, meaning help. Because it's fucking crazy. Maybe I'm not that. Maybe the craziness wouldn't have the effect it has if it didn't capture all my interest and attention. So let's see what happens, maybe. This is, I didn't think this, but maybe if I'm not the center of all this, I'm not, if I'm not the center of all the problems I have, yeah, if I'm not the one who has the problems, how would the problems look then? Well, they looked a lot different when I was, wasn't looking at from the idea of I'm the one who has the problem. When I just saw it as like yesterday, I wanted, you know, I had a little vague plan about what I was doing, got in the truck, and the truck stopped. Yeah? It was hilarious, really, because I parked near my house, and then there's this driveway with these two, kind of, two like apartments, and then my car, because I don't have any parking brake, had moved. And when it died, it was right in the middle. And as soon as it pulled in the middle of this driveway, a U-Haul came, and that's where they wanted to park, because somebody was moving in at the exact precise moment. It was so beautiful in a way. And I, so I just, I just eked my way to the, over the cross to the other side of the driveway, and the car yeah, wasn't, gonna, wasn't turning on. I mean, blew the fuel pump. Well, I found it out. So, but the nice thing is, you just sort of, all right, that horse died, you get off the horse. You don't be moaning, oh, I wanted to go on this trip with this horse. No, and then you accept the situation, you go, make a call, <laughs> do that, and then I got it fixed today. We fixed it last night, and I, got a, I didn't do one thing, and I did it today, and there it was. How much thought was needed? Absolutely none. All it was was accepting what's so. Hey, the car's broken down. So I guess I have to change my plans today. Okay. <laughs> difficult is that? What, why did it become so difficult in the past to accept things as they are? Because the, of the mind's incredible need to get an advantage. It was always looking for something. So everything, everything is seen as something, as an obstacle to it getting what it wants when it needs something. So do you want to learn how to just sort of veer around all the obstacles or take out that premise that it needs something? I would say question that premise that it needs something. When that drops out, something isn't seen as an obstacle anymore. You just respond to whatever situation arises, or you don't, and that will be another situation. Clean, you know? No thinking about it. Just move on, okay? I can't do that, what I wanted to do today. Huh? <laughs> I mean, it's... It's not difficult to navigate a day if you really look at it. It's when you have so many opinions about how that day should be, that's what makes it navigate difficult, yeah? Because you've already put, you've determined the course, the, the birth where you're supposed to park, who's going to meet you on the shore. You've got all these freaking ideas of how the day or the moment or you or them are supposed to be. And of course, it causes a distortion in what you're seeing. So you can't see blue is blue. You're seeing blue is some fucking mental idea of what red should be. And then when blue keeps blinking, you get disturbed. Why isn't it going the way I want it to be? Well, it is going exactly the way it's going, which is blue. But you have an idea, I want it to be red. And blue just keeps blue. <laughs> yeah? It doesn't fucking give a shit about your opinion. What relieved me of a lot of that shit was just all finding the one plug in the whole tub, and that was selfie. First self, the idea, but then I saw that was just selfie. It 
was an activity of mine. When that was pulled, the water ran out. And in the water running out, I knew I was on to something. It just made sense, yeah? So, experiences are great, but they're not that. Experiences are going to come and go. But you never went, and never did you come. So you can't be in an experience. Reality can't be in an experience for an appearance. It's impossible. How can an appearance experience reality? The only way an, ex an appearance can get reality is to realize it's an appearance. That's a different approach. Yeah. That's what we're sharing here. We're just putting a little idea to the way that it may not be a way. So then its need to experience the ocean may not be as important as you think. You are the ocean. Why do you need to experience it? You can only experience it as a wave. You'd have to be something other than the ocean to experience it. You cannot experience ocean as ocean. That's why you can't experience God. Because you're quote-unquote God in a sense. How can you experience it? It's a different realm. This realm is of experience. It's not the only realm. There's a lot of different things going on experience is one crude way of having something. You have an experience as a subject to its object. That's just one little thing going on here. Mind is, is dreaming on so many different levels and things going on. And obviously another level of understanding can bring great relief to this level of consequences and you know, cause and effect in circumstances and situations that seem to dominate so much. It's like in the Course he used to say, you know, we're the dreamer of the dream, but we've forgotten we dreamt it, and now we've given it everything we've dreamt, all the power to affect us. Because we've taken ourselves to be a dreamt object. So other dreamt objects can affect this dreamt object. That's, the, that's what we call living here. But we are not the dreamt object. We're like Jesus says, we're in this dream, but we're not of it. We're not of an object. We're subjectivity pure subjectivity that cannot be experienced because there's no object in it. There's all subjectivity. It's not an experience. Yeah? This realm, we're used to just thinking this is living. We only can live by an experience. There's a lot of... There's living without experience in a sense. You have experiences, but the emphasis isn't on the experience. It's on what never left and never came. You want to feel really, really, really like uh, at peace here? Find something sound to rely on. Really. If you want to really have peace here, find something sound to rely on. How more reliable is the something that never came and never left? <laughs> I mean, you can't find anything more reliable than that. This is a persistent caller. Now, if I was by myself, it only would have rang once. But I'm at a meeting, it rings like 12 times. It's funny. It's like this huge dance goes on here. <laughs> so it is. It's trippy. It's how you ever driving down a road, a dirt road, country road, nobody in sight, and then you pull in the driveway to turn around, and someone's coming out of the driveway, like up 2 in the morning. Who the fuck? It's just amazing. And if you really looked at situations here, if there was a little bit of different timing, everything would just be colliding. 
cars, people, planes, planes. There's just so many times things are just missed by a nanosecond. Yeah? It's so fucking chaotic. And yet we're sitting in there in this storm thinking that we're the mover and shaker, that we have some kind of control over the situation. <laughs>
for some strange reason, goes in her pocketbook and finds my passport in her pocketbook. The lady of the house. Now, that would have been the last place I would have looked at for. I would have torn up the whole place. Never would I have looked in Anne Marie's pocketbook. And there it was. It just must have jumped in there from the... T- Who knows how it got there. So and then I get it there. I go to the airport. I get on the flight. I tell the people in Sweden, I'm coming in at 11.30. They look at the internet. It says to them, 12.30. So I get there at 11.30. They pick me up at uh, 1.30 in the morning. So I'm two hours there at this other airport in Stockholm. I get back to where I'm staying at 2 o'clock. And I have to get up at 7 to go to the airport to fly to America. (laughs) It was like the vortex just switched. No matter what I did, it wasn't going to work. Now, usually when I sense that, I don't do anything. You know, I limit my affairs. But there I was, I was totally confronted with affairs. How to get to, yeah, this and that. I was totally engaged, and nothing was working. I mean, nothing was going right. Two days, three days. I get home, and then I got to fly back to New York for four days. Come back, you know, two different jet lags. It was great. So this happens. You don't understand what you're taking 